1: Hey, guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Good. We had a great time in Atlanta. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say the same thing. It was awesome. (laughs) Best time. Like, we just ate so much food and met great people and just laughed. And can you even believe what trouble we got into on our way home? It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So we're definitely recording this several days before Atlanta. If you didn't catch that terrible joke, um, but we plan to do all those things, so that's good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hopefully. So by the time you're hearing this on Tuesday, we will be back from Atlanta, and uh, we already know we are. We're gonna have a good time. So
0: yeah, we managed to never call it Hot Atlanta except for this one time where I just called it Hot Atlanta. <laughs> but I think that's pretty good for a couple, couple of uh, airheads like us. So. Yeah. So we, I think we announced this last week, but we have our Patreon will be up in the next few days. And by few, I mean anytime between now and October 31st. And that's going to be on Eileen, uh, the documentary Eileen about Eileen Warnos, And that is such a crazy documentary. If you've never seen it, even if you're not a Patreon uh, supporter, check it out because it's insane. You know, the whole, the whole thing. It's just, we say that word a lot, but it's really, really intense and Um, super fascinating. So, Mandy, you ready to get started?
1: I am. Let's go. So I chose the case for this week's episode after a long weekend of binging crime shows on Investigation Discovery. It's like my perfect weekend. Um, This case was featured on the show American Monster, and it's about how a Texas woman's thirst for fame led to the eventual breakdown of an entire family, leaving five young children without either parent left to care for them. Before we get into this emotional roller coaster of a story, we're going to tell you a little bit about where it all took place in Mount Pleasant, Texas. And as usual, Melissa has taken the liberty of Googling this city. I love how,
0: like, more confident you get that I'm actually doing it every week. <laughs>
1: we're now to as
0: usual. Perfect. So, not too many facts this week. Uh, Mount Pleasant is located in the northeastern. Uh, quadrant of texas in titus county and as of the 2000 census yes the 2000 census there were approximately 14,000 residents while there weren't a oh, wow. t- yeah while there weren't a ton of facts basically their w- wikipedia page should have said hey you i hope you're not writing a report on this because you're not going to find the answers here i did find some <laughs> interesting facts about the county of titus Fun fact, when I actually started typing the phrase Mount Pleasant Fun Facts, which is basically how I Google every city, um, I, got, <laughs> I got to the F in fun, and it populated as funeral homes, and so oh. that tells you what you need to know about this lovely, quaint little town. According to one article I read about Titus County, they are home to the ugliest courthouse in Texas, and a quote from the article I read said, Inside a modern monster a 19th century beauty is crying to come out. So there's a chance it's possessed. I'm not quite sure what exactly they were going for. <laughs> and I saw it. it wasn't even that ugly. So if that's their claim to fame, there's just not a whole lot. Um, but after several minutes of Googling, I'm here to tell you that everything is, in fact, bigger in Texas. Everything that is, except for Mount Pleasant. But they do have a Chili's and an Applebee's, so I think they will be just fine. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh, Melissa.
0: (laughs) I mean, one day you're going to be like, you know what, Melissa? I'm going to Google this city.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I've only done it one time. Actually, I thought about that earlier today and how that's just your thing. Uh, I think I only did it on one case. But yeah, no, I I like it. You do a good job. Well, thank you. (laughs) So this story begins in the happy home of the Ibarra family, where Elaine and Ernie were raising their daughter, Abby. Ernie had two children from a previous marriage named Tiffany and Ernie Jr., the family was extremely close-knit and Elaine helped to raise all of Ernie's children as if they were her own, even though they lived with her mom most of the time. Elaine soaked up every minute with her family and would often make home videos of everyone enjoying holidays or special occasions together that they could look back on later.
0: I love their home movies. They were so they were so sweet. And it reminded you of like, okay, now we just take clips during the day of Christmas. But remember when you were a kid, somebody had like a camcorder set up. Yeah.
1: And it, they recorded the whole the day. The whole
0: day. Yeah. So if something funny happened, you got it. But there was a lot of boring stuff and people opening socks and underwear all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Not too exciting. But it was it yeah. was sweet. I thought the, the video was really cool. So It was. So Ernie Jr. was born on Christmas Day and his mother, Randa Floyd, was filled with joy when they brought him to her in a little red stocking shortly after his birth. He was the best mix of each of his parents and grew to be a very intelligent young man who had an eye for building and fixing things. He excelled in school and went on to college to take computer courses, but then landed a job at a baseball equipment manufacturer. It was a very technical job, and everyone was proud of him. And then in 2007, Ernie met a woman online and formed a relationship with her. She was a single mother of 18-month-old twins named Samantha Wolford. And although she had a lot on her plate with raising two toddlers, she still managed to find time for a social life and a love life. Sam spent a great deal of her time on her cell phone using social media to network and spread the word about her video blog, a.k.a. a vlog, as the youths call it. She enjoyed recording (laughs) videos of herself talking about anything and everything under the sun and loved the attention she got from those who watched her. When she met Ernie online, she knew she liked him, but was scared to meet him in real life because of horror stories she'd heard about people getting murdered by strangers on the internet. So you know this, and I don't think I've ever officially said it. I think I actually edited out one time that I met my husband online, like on a dating site. Yeah, yeah, I definitely edited yeah. out because it was very early on, <laughs> and I was like, nah, "Yeah, I don't need people." Well, I know. Well,
1: this I-, I remember when that used to be like a thing that. It was like a whole stranger danger, like internet stranger danger, like thing that was, you know, people were really scared and nervous to meet people on the internet. But now it's like, it's normal, Yeah, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, it's much
0: more normal, I think. Yeah, back then it was like, if you met somebody online, you automatically married them. It was like, if that was the only story you heard, like, I met this person and now I'm moving to Alaska and we're getting married. Never (laughs) like, we're going to meet and date and see what happens, which is the route I ended up taking. Different strokes for different folks, whatever works for you. <laughs> so after chatting back and forth for a while, the two decided to meet, and Sam video blogged all about the experience as well as her fears. Their first meeting was awkward. I cannot emphasize how awkward it is to meet somebody online <laughs> for the first time. Um but soon enough, Ernie and Sam became inseparable, and she began
1: recording events in their lives to post on
0: social media.
1: According to family, Ernie and Sam were madly in love with each other, and it was very obvious to everyone around them just how much they cared for one another. They were spontaneous and affectionate, and they had the type of relationship that makes other people very cringy. If you ask me, <laughs> there was um, some now there was like reenactments in the ID yeah. thing that we watched, but they made it seem very cringy. I know it's acting, but I kind of got the impression that. It was actually just that cringy. They were really, really in love. And
0: do you remember it's on cringy. <laughs> Saturday Night Live? They had Rachel Dratch and Will Ferrell and they did this like overly romantic lover. Like they called each other lovers and they were inside the jacuzzi. And it
1: was just so it was just so overly dramatic. That's what it was yeah. like. Exactly. Yeah. Just super lovey-dovey. Yeah. So eventually the couple moved in together and Ernie adapted easily to family life with Sam and her twins. Things were magical. I wrote that in my notes. I don't know if they were. That's what I that's the impression I got, though. Yeah, I did, too. (laughs) And things even got more exciting in 2011 when Sam learned that she was pregnant. The couple was shocked but delighted when they learned that they were going to be the parents to another set of twins. Um, I hear of this happening from time to time where um, like a couple who already has twins or a mother in this case who already has had twins will have another set. Yeah, yeah. we actually, I don't know what I would do in that case. Yeah, that's a lot.
0: <laughs> we have um, it is. a lovely listener named Mary, and her family was the subject of the documentary uh, Sound and Fury that came out several years ago. Um, but she had told me, like, they ha- she has two sets of twins. And I just thought,
1: how
0: how are you here? <laughs> are yeah, you yeah. Here? It's,
1: that seems like it would be a lot.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. But, yeah, that's, that's a lot to take in, though. And spe- they were really young. Um, the couple in this story. So I can't imagine that's a lot of responsibility at once.
1: Yeah. So Sam continued to capture every aspect of their lives on video and upload it to social media. It appeared that they had the most perfect lives together, but being a full-time mom does not pay any bills. I can definitely vouch for that. Can being truth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so Ernie ended up taking on a second job at the local Little Caesars pizza place. He was exhausted, but he was determined to work hard to provide a life for his family. The couple was living on a very tight budget and living paycheck to paycheck with four little mouths to feed, and Sam had what she believed was going to be a stroke of genius. She came up with this idea of starting her own YouTube channel in hopes that she would be able to go viral and eventually turn her love of social media into this empire that she had dreamed um, of having. She created the handle Simply Manic, um, which you cannot find anymore on YouTube. So I I spent some time looking for it. It's not there anymore. So don't try it. It will just make you mad trying to search for it. I typed in every single thing I could think of to try and get a hit on that. But there are no more Simply Manic videos on YouTube. Um, So she hoped that her sparkling personality and adorable little babies would draw in a large number of subscribers. And she began sharing every intimate detail of her life in the videos that she uploaded on YouTube.
0: Sam struggled to find the perfect niche with her channel, and she was kind of all over the place. Her family life was a huge part of her channel, but she would also talk a lot about beauty tips. She was very eccentric in her videos and always playing around with different makeup styles and changing her hair color very often. Desperate to attract more new viewers, she began speaking out about tougher subjects, including her political views. But after 18 months of throwing all of her time and effort into creating her brand, she was still only getting about 100 hits per video. And Mandy and I can understand. It's so hard to put yourself out there. And um, we've been super lucky, hashtag blessed. And we've um, had more listeners, you know, as we've gone along, it would be very hard if you felt like it was never moving and you were doing all this work and no one cared, for lack of a better word. Like, I'm not saying people care about us, but seeing her and what she's trying to do with it, that would be It would be devastating.
1: Yeah. And of course, like her whole goal was to get, you know, to make money and and you have to have an audience if you're going to get into like tapping into like sponsors and stuff. So I imagine for her, that would be very frustrating after a year and a half of doing this to only have 100 people that are watching
0: because her viewership was still so low. Sam was still not able to get sponsorships, as Mandy said, and turn her hobby into an income. And Ernie was getting more and more fed up with the whole thing and desperately wanted Sam to get a real job and help the family financially instead of spending all of her time on social media. And Mandy and I can both tell you, part of, you know, building this sort of a, (laughs) I almost said empire to be silly. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm sitting in a closet just surrounded by clothes falling on top of me and knowing I need to be packing and just, like, crying that we didn't hire movers.
1: (laughs) This is it. Melissa, this is the empire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I'm closer to being an umpire than having an empire. So, (laughs) but I I get it. Like, you have to spend so much time on social media. Like, not have to. You do. Like, there's just a lot of – I never remember this phrase right. Iron's in the fire? Yes, iron's in the fire. You have a lot of irons in the fire. Um, So I I understand her point and I understand his because you still have a family and you still have a life. There was more to Ernie's irritation than just finances, though. Constantly having a camera on him and his children was starting to take its toll and he was getting more uncomfortable with the level of candidness that Sam was displaying on her channel. Ernie was more of a reserved person than Sam, and it seemed that she had no sense of privacy whatsoever. But instead of taking Ernie's concerns to heart, Sam decided to double down on her channel and began adding graphics and having guests on in hopes of making herself more appealing to a wider variety of people. She continued uploading videos of a couple's kids in all sorts of everyday situations, despite Ernie's pleading with her to respect their privacy and stop talking about their lives and problems for everyone to hear. And Mandy made a note about this, but there is this video on the ID that we watched where she's videotaping while driving and her daughter is in the front seat. And I'm not here to judge anyone's parenting, but that girl was way too young, small to be in a front seat. Like, I don't oh, know yeah, the laws in every was. state, but it was it was like a three-year-old tops in the front seat. And she's driving. You can see everything going by. And she's videotaping whatever her daughter's doing. It just seemed like a nightmare. And if she's doing all this for hits on her YouTube channel, she's going to get a hit from the CPS, but that's about it.
1: Yeah. Sam's refusal to compromise with Ernie eventually caused a rift between them, and in the middle of 2012, Ernie had had enough and decided to move out. Things only got worse for Sam after they split. In early 2013, she was in a bizarre accident at Walmart when a baby changing table fell on her. And they talked about this in the ID show, but they really didn't give us a lot of information or clarity, so I'm just left here to speculate on what exactly happened. Like, I didn't know if she was in the baby furniture aisle and maybe like a display changing table fell on her. Or if she was like actually in the bathroom and like, you know, the little pull down yeah. from the wall changing table fell on her. And then I still have questions about both of those scenarios and how they would happen. Um, but it, the accident led to some physical problems for Sam and she was ordered to be on complete bed rest while she recovered. But of course, as a mother of four little ones, uh, that is completely unreasonable and impossible to accomplish. In February of that year, she uploaded a video talking about her depression and the toll that the accident had taken on her. Ernie's sister, Abby, offered to help Sam with the kids and the household duties that Sam was unable to do, but despite all of the quote-unquote excitement in Sam's life, her YouTube channel was still going nowhere. Ernie could tell Sam was desperate, and being the great father that he was, he made the choice to move back in and truly work on his relationship with Sam. They found their spark again and in May 2013 Sam revealed big news to her YouTube followers. She was pregnant again with baby number 5. That's announcement like, video. Sounds like mambo number 5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> baby number baby 5. Number five. <laughs> in the video announcement she talked about how she was not exactly excited about the pregnancy and she was worried about how they would make it work but when baby Caden was born Ernie and Sam were elated. Ernie was so excited about his new child, and he even allowed Sam to film himself and their new baby. In 2014, the couple celebrated seven years together by getting married in a quick and quiet ceremony, and their lives seemed to return to the old happy way that it used to be between them.
0: But things weren't exactly as perfect as Sam was portraying them on social media, which is like the biggest lie of social media. Nobody's life is how they really portray it. Uh, right. Not nobody's, but most people. Um, so when Ernie's- Mine sister- is not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hot mess express. So uh, when Ernie's sister Abby would visit, she could see that it was all a facade and that the couple was on the verge of a total collapse. In reality, Ernie and Sam were fighting constantly, often about how messy their home was despite the fact that Sam was home all day long. Okay, but here's where Ernie and I disagree because... The more kids you have in your home, the messier your home is going to be. Right. (laughs) Like, like to me, I'm like, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense. If you weren't in your home, maybe you'd have a better chance. But at at least the way things run around here, which is, again, a hot mess. So later in 2014, Sam confided in Abby that her problems with Ernie went much deeper than arguments over tidiness. She showed Abby a bruise on her arm and said that Ernie had hit her in one of their arguments. Abby was stunned, as were the rest of Ernie's family. He had never been the kind of guy who would ever hurt his wife or anyone, and he was always such a gentle and loving guy. Despite the accusations, Ernie stayed with Sam, and the video blog continued to show their pretend life free of any cares or worries. In early 2015, Sam uploaded a video in which she was giving tips to mothers struggling with time management and trying to help give ideas on how to make their days go smoother, such as laying out clothes for kids the night before and telling a personal story about how that saved her morning and helped her get the kids to school on time. But that was the last video Sam would ever upload. Before we talk about what ended Sam's road to stardom, we're going to take a quick break to talk about a new sponsor that we are seriously so excited to share with you. Seriously. (laughs) So school is back and so is the chaos that goes along with it. Between your trips to ballet, piano, soccer, and if you're a really good mom, Pokemon Go gyms, it's hard to devote much time to staying healthy. That's where care of comes into play. Careof makes taking care of yourself this autumn easy, with personalized vitamin and supplement packets perfect for those on the go.
1: Careof helps give your body the support it needs with an extra health boost and vitamins you need to stay in shape after the summer. Back to school season means more stress and less time to take care of yourself. Careof makes it so easy to get back on that health kick, or if you're a better person than me, stay on it. Careof offers a quick and easy personalized quiz to get to know you and your needs better.
0: After answering the questions in the quiz, they give you the vitamins and supplements that would most benefit you and what you are looking for. For instance, I have what I call Precious Moments Baby Thin Hair, and I told of that it was important to me to grow stronger, healthier hair. So they added vitamin B complex to my personalized packet, as well as other things I've been told by doctors I should be taking. But because of life and straight-up laziness, I never bothered to get around to taking them.
1: Best of all, gone are the days of bulky vitamin containers and divvying up your vitamins on a counter just waiting for one to roll under the stove. of places your personalized vitamins and supplements in individually wrapped bags with your name and a fun quote or fact of the day. Treat your body well, all while laughing at Tina Fey quotes. In the words of some person or dragon on Game
0: of Thrones, winter is coming. Why not give your immune system a little extra love and a running start to help support your health in the cooler months ahead? For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter code MOMS. Again, for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter code MOMS. DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home. And it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone.
1: Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. And now, back to the show. February 19th, 2015 was a mostly normal day for Ernie Jr. He stopped by his second job at the pizza place just after 9 p.m., even though he wasn't scheduled to work that night. He just wanted to go in and talk to his boss, who was more like a mother figure. He picked up a coffee and brought it over to the restaurant, and Ernie spoke a little bit about what was going on in his life. He said that he and Sam had been talking about divorcing, but Sam wasn't having it, and Ernie's big motivation to stay with her was their children. That evening, Ernie had been attempting to get in touch with Sam, but she was not returning his calls or messages. Several hours later, on February twentieth, two 2015, police received a call at 2.08 a.m. from a family member stating that there had been a break-in at Sam and Ernie's home. Sam had been left tied to a chair while the intruders had kidnapped Ernie Jr. after a violent hour-long attack in which he was pistol-whipped and nearly suffocated. Officers arrived with body cams rolling as Sam led them around the home and described what happened. According to her, three men showed up wearing all black clothing, gloves, and ski masks. Two had box cutter knives and one had a gun. She provided loose descriptions such as that the men had bigger builds and one was tall. Those are very loose descriptions. She alleged that she had been hogtied with a pink ribbon and that a dress from from her own wardrobe had also been used to tie her up. She was threatened with the box cutter before the men ushered Ernie down the stairs and out of the home. And in the moments after the attack, she first called relatives instead of dialing 911 um, to ask for help. And aunt is who made the call to the sheriff's department to report uh, what had gone on and to say that Ernie was missing. Wow.
0: Sam was brought into the station for questioning. And after hours of relaying the same story she had originally given, she suddenly told the officers that she might know who was responsible for Ernie's abduction. She explained that she had gone to the local hospital to visit her friend, Sharla, who had been admitted for a scheduled C-section. During this visit, she told Sharla that Ernie had been abusing her and also present for that conversation was Sharla's boyfriend, who Sam only knew as John Rebel. I feel the need to say that slow because (laughs) that's not a real thing. So but that is what he went by on Facebook. And, you know, who you are on Facebook is who you are in real life. Another mutual friend, Jose Ponce, was also there. Sam told the detectives that the two men had made comments about handling the situation and, quote, taking care of Ernie and confronting him about, quote, unquote, abusing Sam. Detectives asked if the men had at any point said that they had intended on killing her husband, to which she replied, no. Officers scrambled to follow up on Sam's new lead and left her alone in the interrogation room while they went to work. And Mandy made this note. It's so annoying. They showed this clip of her and, you know, they're videotaping everything. She, like, grabs the marker very dramatically and goes up to this white board that she knows the camera is, like, looking at. And she writes, have you found my husband? Question mark. And then looks at him with, like, her hands shrugged. And I don't know how to explain this gif, but you know the gif of the one girl who's like, Huh? In like uh, Yes, I know exactly <laughs> the one you're
1: thinking of. <laughs> because that's
0: exactly what she did. Amanda, one of it our is. lovely mods, sent me something, and it had that GIF in it today. And I was like, I've been trying to figure out how to explain that because I literally just saw that on the ID network. And that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what it is. So, And Mandy also put she wrote her
1: Fs backwards. I don't think I noticed that. That she- oh my gosh. It drove me crazy. So when she wrote the word found, yeah. Instead of writing an F, like you write an F where like the hook, yeah. you know, on top goes to the right, like she does it where the hook comes from the left side. It was very crazy. And to me, that would be like a sign of guilt, <laughs> no matter what. wow. I'm very glad you're,
0: <laughs> you're in charge of, <laughs> you should be on everyone's jury is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but she looks just irritated. Like, have you found my husband? Um, So police returned to the hospital where Sharla and her boyfriend were welcoming a baby to look for the two men that had been named by Sam. It didn't take long before they found these two men and arrested them. They learned that John Rebel was really Jonathan Sanford and Jose Ponce was his brother-in-law. Sanford was terrified and started blabbing about what happened before the cops even got him in the back of the police car. He claimed that none of this was his idea and admitted to being at the house that night but said that he did not participate in assaulting Ernie. Which one hour is so long, like to know that it was an hour. My goodness. Uh, He then told police that he would fully cooperate with their investigation and would be happy to lead them to the last place that he personally saw Ernie Jr.
1: Sanford led police to a remote area in a neighboring county and walked them through Brush and Swamp to a specific location and told police that that was the last place he had seen Ernie. There was heavier brush a few yards ahead, and police questioned whether or not the abductors had taken him further than what Stanford was claiming. Moments later, one of the detectives, who again was wearing a body cam. I was very impressed. All the police in this story were wearing body cams for everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's just no questioning what's really happening because you're seeing it all play out. I mean, we're seeing edited clips, but everyone else can see the whole thing.
1: Of course. So um, this, these two officers start walking a little further into the brush, and they came upon a very horrific sight, and it was the partially nude body of Ernie Barra Jr., who had suffered a gunshot to the back of the head. An innocent father had been executed, and there were now even more questions that police had for Sanford and the rest of the people involved. Sanford quickly revealed that there was a third assailant in the crime, and his name was Octavius Rimes. He was a 28-year-old ex-soldier. Sanford then revealed another chilling detail of the crime, that Sam had been the instigator and mastermind of it all. As the investigators pressed him for more information, they learned that he and Sam were together the evening before the murder and that they had discussed the plan to have Ernie killed over homemade enchiladas, which I was just super sad about because I love enchiladas. And that just,
0: See, I, just I don't seems even... like an odd thing to plot murder over. Yeah, to me it would. I hate enchiladas. So to me, if I'm going to play, like plot someone's demise, it's going to be over a food I hate.
1: <laughs> that's true terrible. Um, so he told police that he had even taken Sam's kids with him to Walmart to buy the ingredients for this lovely enchilada meal that they had which police confirmed after reviewing the surveillance footage at the store that was one of the most upsetting things for me to see them yeah. pushing around these kids in a cart yeah yeah they're just walking right into Walmart with this cart full of kids and like they know they have this like terrible terrible plan they're gonna kill their dad yeah it's it's disgusting it oh my really gosh, is yeah detectives had all they needed to confront sam about her lies they told her it was time to just get on with it and tell them what happened because they knew she was lying to them and that she had played a big role in what had happened to her husband
0: detectives finally tracked down octavius rhymes and brought him in for questioning he told them that sam had been searching for someone to quote beat up ernie for years but he got the impression that what she really meant was that she was looking for a hitman he said that Sam knew exactly who they were when they entered the home to abduct Ernie that night because they had discussed the plan and Sam intentionally left the front door of the house unlocked so that the men could gain entrance easily. Tying Sam to a chair was all a part of the plan to make it look like a terrifying home invasion and to make Sam look like a victim. Rhymes was very forthcoming with information on what happened next. The three men went upstairs and Sam played along while they brutally beat Ernie for an hour before putting him in the car and driving him out to the swampy area. Rimes said that he was surprised when Jose Ponce pointed the gun at Ernie and pulled the trigger. He said he had no idea that a man was going to be killed that night. And Mandy put that she believes him, and I totally did too. I don't think he had any idea that that was going to be what
1: happened yeah I think for him and I really did feel bad for him in the story because I felt like he was very sincere when he was saying that to the police like he said I I forget how he worded it exactly but oh oh, uh, he said I didn't know they were going to take that man's life and like I totally believed that he had no clue what he was getting into that night and um, you know it's one thing to say like yeah I'll go ride along with you guys to beat this guy up but like you know it's a totally different thing if you end up witnessing a murder you know that you know that that changes everything for everyone. Yeah. And I did. I felt really bad for that guy. I felt bad for him, but also you gotta, you, you make, better gotta make better
0: decisions. You gotta if I mean like hanging out with somebody that's gonna go beat somebody up isn't that great either. You know, like these right. people are obviously yeah. making stupid choices. So get be the better person. Get out of it. Be yeah. a snitch. Yeah. Snitches get stitches, it, yeah. maybe, but <laughs> snitches also typically don't go to prison for long periods of time.
1: That is very true. <laughs>
0: It's been a while since I've had a baby of my own, and some days I miss it so much. The baby cuddles and baby smiles, but when it comes to diaper rashes, not so much. I remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash, I was really devastated. Here's this tiny thing totally dependent on me, and now she's fussy and obviously uncomfortable, and I'm supposed to have the answers. Well, with time and treatment, it went away, but what I really wanted was to avoid it altogether. And now, baby butts rejoice. New Huggies Skin Essentials are here, a brand new dermatologist-approved line of diapers, wipes, and pull-ups training pants, all
1: designed with baby's sensitive skin in mind. The wipes are thick and have zero harsh ingredients for a great, gentle clean. pull up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra-soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more. So Sam was arrested on February 23rd, 2015 on charges of aggravated kidnapping and murder. As the case unraveled, it was revealed that Sam had first hinted at killing her husband while she smoked a cigarette with John Sanford and Jose Ponce at the hospital the day before. They had first been discussing framing Ernie for a drug bust, and then the idea of murder came up. They quoted, uh, they said, they came up jokingly. As it does. Which... Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't understand that. So later that evening, the two men, Sam and her children, went on this run to go pick up meth for their plan um, to plant it on Ernie and somehow set him up for a drug bust. But they just couldn't stop thinking about killing him instead, which is completely different than setting him up for a drug bust. So they talked a lot about this on the way back home and uh, actually they were headed back to Jose's and he was there making enchiladas and they're just having a great time. So a decision was made when they got there and they were having this, they were breaking bread and talking about this uh, thing that they wanted to do. And um, they made the decision then and there that he would be killed and they would just ditch the drug bust idea. So Sam left the front door unlocked to make things even easier. During the trial, the prosecutor actually asked Jonathan Samford, like, what would you guys have done if you arrived at the home and the door was locked? Would that mean, uh, you know, would you take that as a no, like that it wasn't going to go through with it? And he said uh, no, that at that point they were already there and they were already high because they had smoked the meth that they originally bought to set them up for the drug bust. And um, after one part of their plan failed, they ended up just kicking in the front door on purpose to make it look like this forced entry scene. So, detectives did note that the lock on the door was not broken, meaning probably was kicked in while it was already unlocked. And that kind of just, you know, went along with what um, this guy, Jonathan Sanford's story was. And, okay, I have to give this guy one credit it's the fact that he. he told the truth. He t- he literally spilled the beans on yeah. everything. He did not even try to lie about anything. He was very upfront and said, like, this is what happened. You know, this is what we did. And everything he said was, like, proven to be right. true. You know, and so I always I appreciate that. Of course, I, I don't appreciate yeah. that he was part of this terrible um, murder of this innocent man. But I appreciate when they tell the truth and don't make it any harder for the family. The family. Yeah. And yeah, you know, don't tell lies at this point. You know, they've already been through enough. You know, there's. There's no reason to try and make up a story at that point. Just say what. But happened why can't in, anyone in get a conscience
0: it. before these things happen? Like, why can't somebody, while they're eating their stupid amteladas and bringing other people's kids to Walmart, say, you know, if this doesn't go well, we're all going to be right. in prison all forever. Go yeah. yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. get
1: the, you know, I the mentality of like we'll definitely get away with it. They just gonna, get away with they, it. They well. Well, actually, I have a little bit of insight maybe into why into that. So Sam had apparently convinced the killers that she was an actress in movies and she convinced them that she would be able to sell her story to the police and that none of them would get caught because she was just a super great actress, master manipulator. She had these guys convinced that. She was gonna come up with a story, she was gonna sell it to the police, and they were all going to ride off into the sunset. I don't know what her plan Does was. Does no one but- have
0: IMDB in this area? Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> no Google
0: searches would have found, like, oh, she's not even been in, you know, community theater plays. Like there's nothing here. Look at her yeah. YouTube page, a hundred hits and she's a famous actress. <laughs> come on now.
1: Yeah. Well, but I think that really speaks to like Sam's delusions about all of that. And like she really, you know, and that was one thing that Ernie's mom had said or stepmother had said in the doc in the ID show was that um, she felt that Sam truly believed that she was going to be famous one day. Yeah. And like she lived her life accordingly, thinking like, I'm doing all this because it's going to be me, me, me. Like, I'm going to have all this fame and all this. And so I think in her own mind, yeah, maybe she was an actress, you know, yeah. but um, It just kind of I thought that part like kind of spoke to her character that she like she used that, you know, as part of her as part of her plan to get these guys to carry out this to carry it out, you know, for her on her behalf. And it's just terrible. But, yeah, no, she was no. And he
0: like obviously she had been lying about these abuse claims and stuff. That's, you know, she was telling people this and it was those were all unfounded right? There was nothing that ever came of that. And so, Yeah, yeah. And so there, she's lying to people about this, you know, and I don't know, it's just upsetting. Like that makes it even more upsetting that she's like running his name through the mud before to his family and changing the way they feel about him, you know, in some, in some ways. And meanwhile, she's been lying all this time and she has him killed. It's just awful.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. I, I, this, I thought this story was like super, super crazy. So all four of the people involved in this crime were convicted of kidnapping and murder, and Jonathan Sanford and Jose Ponce took deals for 50 years in prison. Octavius Rimes and Sam Wolford stood trial and were both found guilty and sentenced to 100-plus years. So, Mandy, last things before we go. Um, I've got one that I thought was would be super
0: special for you, and I'm just feeling so lovely and wonderful and just so kind. I thought I would give you a, an easy one this week. So, Mandy, what is your favorite scary movie or scary, creepy movie. So yeah, I don't know if I wrote that down right, but scary movie or a scary, creepy movie. And that's from Shane H. in our Facebook
1: group. I have so many. (laughs) I saw your face light up. I have so many. I'm so excited. So actually one of my all time, all time favorite. So I'm not really into like horror more. I really like the thrillers and like the psychological thrillers and the ones that just make you like really creeped out and think like i don't know people are capable of so much craziness but um so one of my all-time favorites it's not a very recent one but um it's hide and seek have you seen hide and seek is that the one with michael with dakota fanning young oh no i'm thinking michael douglas the i'll never tell britney murphy thing no i'm thinking of something oh, that's different. a good one don't, too. don't speak nope that's a no doubt song what am i saying wait <laughs> <laughs> hold on i know that one too that one's on the tip of my tongue i don't know anyway hide and seek um Who's in that? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. All right, hide and seek. I'm googling it. Keep going. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't talk about it unless it's googled. All right,
0: <laughs> continuing hide and seek. You love that movie, and it's with Robert De Niro, Dakota Fanning. Is Amy it? I Irving. was right. Okay. I
1: so I do love that movie.
0: Wow, that's where it ended,
1: <laughs> with a Google search. <laughs> <No. and laughs> <laughs> yeah no okay all right I'm still talking yeah. okay <laughs> here we go <laughs> um so I love that movie hide and seek it's one of my all-time favorites but I also like um like I like classic ones like the sixth sense really but then there's recent ones I really love too so one of my favorite thrillers I've seen lately is a movie called room and I watched it on Amazon and uh it's fascinating. It's it's just like riveting. It just gets, you know, it keeps your attention and you're just wondering like what's going to happen in the story. And I love those kind of movies. And then there's another one I watched on Netflix kind of recently called um, Hush. And that's a really good one, too. I don't want to talk about them too much because I don't want to do any spoiler alerts because I'm terrible about that. Yeah. But yeah. I won't watch so any of them. I bet your so list is a lot shorter. Although, you know, oh, there was a, I used to watch um, the, like, The Halloween movies, like as far as like slasher movies goes, I really only like the Halloween movies and I did. I've watched them since I was a kid and I always watch them whenever I have the opportunity and it is well into October and I have not watched a Halloween movie this year and I need to get on that. Yeah,
0: I don't care what time of year it is. I will never do that. (laughs) Um, I'm going to. Okay, so I had to do Googling because I just hate these kind of movies. Can I call? Do you know the secret? note? what is it called? Um, secret Window, but the Johnny Depp one. Yeah. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. The, no, that's a good one. I think that's the guy that does the whole choice. You Stole My Story. And my husband and I say yeah. that to each other all the time for basically no reason, but it creeps me out. That, that movie creeped me out big time. And then um, nobody's going to think this is scary, but I do. So, the movie Scream came out whenever I was maybe a teenager, something like that. Might have been, I think I was younger than that.
1: You know, Scream is a parody. No, it's not meant to be scary. It's Drew
0: Barrymore. (laughs) It was scary. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Okay, so here's my Scream story. My sister and I saw it, and we lived way out in the woods, and we had dogs and we had chores. And so we would switch off every night dogs, somebody feeds the dogs outside. Or you have to do all the dishes. So that's running the dishes, washing, all that stuff. For years, I did dishes every night so I did not have to go outside and feed the dogs. Like, that's how much that movie affected me. Because Scream, like, took place out <laughs> in the woods. Or something was in the woods. And I think my sister convinced me that, like, the Scream people would come for
1: me. So that's... <laughs> that's... The Scream people. It was like one person in scary. a Scream costume. <laughs> I don't even think you know this movie. The Drew Barrymore one, right? <laughs>
0: And yeah, I do. And he called her on the phone, a landline. I remember that movie. Give me a break. <laughs> I got it. Okay. So I'm clearly not good at that. That was totally a question for you. I was just here around around for it. So the other one is, Mandy, what is your most useless talent? I don't know that I have any. Okay. I'll give you my weird <laughs> one and then you can see if you have anything equally as weird. I can pick okay. anything up with my feet. Like I go around. Oh, I can do that too. I
1: love doing that. Like I
0: pick things up (laughs) and throw them like, like shirts and stuff onto my shoulder. And I feel like so cool. And it's really like got to be a health hazard that I go around doing this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I do it. I do the same thing when I want to get something off the floor. I literally just walk over. I mean, it's almost like they are a second set of hands. I'm totally with you on that. But I think a lot of people can do that. Is that a talent? Listen, that's as talented as I get. So yes, my dad can't do it.
0: He would always be like, you can't do that around me because it would make his own feet cramp up. He's like, I can't even watch you doing that. And so I would purposely go around just picking stuff up with my feet. It was not a healthy relationship we have, but.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't really have anything like super talented about me, I guess, that. Is like a random talent. I don't know. I really don't know, actually. I would have to think about that. I mean, I like to cook, and I do a pretty decent job at it. But, I mean, I guess it's not useless because I'm eating, and I have to eat regardless. So that's not really a useless talent. that's more of a humble
0: brag, if you ask me. But go ahead. (laughs) You know, I'm great. So that, thank you, Marybeth F. in our Facebook group for that question. Sorry, I didn't say that before. So, Mandy, if that is it, we will go and we're just going to rest from Atlanta because we had such a great time and you know need lots of rest. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode.